Hello and welcome back to the Football Index podcast and I'm really excited to finally be doing another kind of round the leagues tour as per se. We've already gone to Liga, we've already gone to Serie A with the, the great Matt Santangelo and he's actually recommended uh, a great German or Bundesliga insights or expert, I don't know what to call him, but his name is Abel Masaroš and he's coming all the way from Hungary. So Abel, why don't you um, introduce yourself? Yeah, hi. Thanks for uh, having me, man. I'm very happy to to be on uh, Football in the Sky podcast. And uh, yeah, so I'm uh, a little bit about me. I'm I'm actually uh, Hungarian, and I fell in love with the Bundesliga way back in the '90s. So I'm kind of uh, dating myself here, giving away. But uh, and then uh, um, as I moved to the U.S. and uh, into incidentally to New Jersey, where where Matt is from as well, I, I kind of uh, fell out of touch with with that, and then. Uh, we discovered it, uh, you know, a few years ago when, when, when uh, you know, kind of after the World Cup. And then uh, I basically started writing about it uh, around that time and vlogging for a few sites. And uh, Bundesliga Fanatic is, is, is where I'm, uh, where I started out, which is the sort of the longest running uh, Bundesliga blog in English. And, and then so I'm, I'm an editor there now. And then I've, you know, started podcasting. Uh, I do uh, Talking Foosball, which is uh, with, with, with Matt Herman, which is the um, kind of the oldest Bundesliga podcast in English that uh, we do that uh, weekly. And there's a, there's also a fantasy one. So so if you guys are into the Bundesliga, that's, that's one you should uh, follow. And then uh, I've, uh, you know, just doing a lot of uh, freelancing uh, all over the place lately of Football Whispers and then um, done some TV stuff in, here in Hungary and magazine writing and, and those kind of things well man well quite the quite the resume <laughs> i mean you, you you said you dated yourself but uh and but you know you, you clearly have done so much in, in terms of bundesliga football which is which is really awesome i'm really happy to have you on and my i must say that your english is absolutely exceptional for for someone who's not a native native speaker so uh props to you for that as well <laughs> yeah well, yeah, I mean, you know, all those all those years in the U.S. and uh, I mean, I'm a, yeah, so I'm I'm more or less like half American. So, <laughs> well, uh, I, I think uh, we we had a chat about Football Index really mm-hmm. briefly, and you hadn't heard about it before. You I kind of approached you to come on, and I've kind of laid out to Arbel like the kind of the market drivers, you know, how a, a big move to the Premier League and uh, high-performing youngsters usually tend to to build up a lot of hype and a lot of people want to own them. So that's kind of why I like to get some of these insights on here because we in the British media kind of, uh, you know, I'm speaking on behalf of sports journalists, uh, even though I'm not one, we don't really have the proper insights uh, into these foreign leagues, which is unfortunate, really, because there are so many great guys like yourself, like Matt and like Peter, who are, who are offering great insights. So I think it was kind of important for me to start doing this, but to try and get a variety of content as well. So should we kick things off? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm actually, it's interesting because I, I probably should have checked out uh, football, given that I've, I've sort of been into uh the stock market and uh you know invest in that and, and and in football as well so it's uh you know it's something that that i that i might uh investigate further especially now that i've been on the podcast but yeah go ahead hit, hit me with the questions <laughs> okay so the first question and i'm really sorry guys we had such a massive influx of questions both from uh, both from arbel's followers and myself that i could i only wanted to pick out the, the really juicy ones so sorry if i didn't pick your question but so the first one comes from again. Sorry, I don't know, but do you think Lewandowski will be saying goodbye to Bayern this summer? 
Um, I think the short answer is 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 I'm not sure. Like I would I would say um, that there's definitely more chatter now. So basically, like to 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 backtrack is he's changed his agent. He's he's had like sort of this weird situation where he's had two agents, uh, Mike Bartel and a sort of a Polish one, and then now he's he's with Pini Zahavi, who uh, I think. English football fans are fairly familiar with with his sort of dealings there, and that's um, speculated a lot of the rumors that that he's he's trying to leave. And he's sort of the player who who's there at the club for three four years, and then he moves on. And he's very conscious about his brand. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of that with with, with his wife being really involved. Um, and so, so I think, um, given that you know, sort of Bayern is in, in a huge state of flux. You know, we still have no idea who their who their next coach is going to be. I mean, Upinkus is, you know, everybody thought he was leaving, and then now now he, he he's he's like hinting that he might not be leaving, and that there's like you know, one day it's Tuchel, the next day it's Nagelsmann, then the next day it's you know Antonio Conte and Pochettino. I mean, it's like every name in the book has been has been mentioned there. So you could understand that, but um, you know, I would say like. He's gonna stick around for maybe one more year and then and then leave after that and um, just because you know just because he, he doesn't know yet or or you know so there's been negotiations with 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 uh, Zahavi and, and Real Madrid I think three times and I think they would be okay with it um, I don't think I mean so Bayern are, are really unwilling to let him go uh, for obvious reasons like Karl-Heinz Rummenigge who's who's one of the two people that runs it with with uh, Uli Hoeneß said that there's like a hundred percent chance that he's staying but uh, then I also read some reports that you know they're looking at um, some replacements um, you know Harry Kane was mentioned and then Timo Werner but you know I think the big problem is that Given sort of Lewandowski's age, where he's you know he's kind of <clears throat> close to turning thirty, maybe you could get you know whatever hundred, hundred fifty million. I think I think probably not much more than that. And then you're probably going to have to spend almost as much you know on certainly on Harry Kane and then even on Timo Werner. So so I don't I mean yeah like those those guys are significantly younger. Um, I would say Werner is as sort of the more natural replacement, but um, I think it 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 will probably happen next season. I don't really see it this summer. Yeah, I really want to piggyback on mm-hmm. the, the age point, right? Like, he is 29 going on 30. Is that opportunity to say the, the Real Madrid going to come around next season? I'm not so sure. And I think if he was going to leave, he probably would have to do it this season. And as you said, it would be for a big fee. We're probably talking Higuain fee and, and more, right? Because he is probably one of the best number nines in the world probably top three for sure so for him to I mean I kind of don't see a club going for him next summer for 100 million euros it's kind of hard for me to think about a a Real Madrid forking out that much money for a 30 year old I don't know if you agree Um, yeah I mean they they certainly should be cautious you know given what sort of transpired with Benzema um, (laughs) and and you know and then like you know whether they got rid of Morata too early is another question, and you know I think we can go down the, go down that line. But uh, yeah, I mean uh, it's it's interesting because they've been known for smarter recruitment the last few years, and many people have argued that that was one of their successes for you know winning the title and and then the Champions League as well. So it certainly would be um, troubling. But then again, it's like if he's the best number nine in the world, even though if he he turns thirty, you figure you you hang on to. 
him and Cristiano Ronaldo for, you know, two, two years, maybe two, three years, and then really try to go for it. And, you know, I, I don't really think you can plan long term at Real Madrid. It's always a short term project. And it's always dictated by, oh, you know, this this year, you know, we got to panic spend because, you know, we're, we're so far behind Barcelona. So I think rationality tends to go out the window there a little bit quicker. You know, it's, it's nice to have a plan when you're winning. And then like, you know, you invest in youth and, and all that stuff. But like, as soon as you, you, you hit that season from hell, then all that sort of caution is thrown to the wind. And then you're like, oh, 150, 200, you know, why not? <laughs> it's so true. I think the, the point on, on Real Madrid not planning long term is is such, you know, you can't argue that really. Uh, you look at the, the the way they change and chop and change managers and the, the, the way they do do transfer business when they do really want someone that they usually get them, uh, bar David De Gea and a, and a printer, of course. Um, I, do, I, do, <laughs> I, do, I do think that, that squad probably does need a revamp just because of the age. I mean, you look at Benzema and Ronaldo uh, aging, and we've we've discussed this with uh, Matt actually in the, in, a, in the previous podcast um, that's similar to this. That Real Madrid are probably going to do some big business in their spine this season. Whether or not Lewandowski is one of those, who knows? And of course, he's always been linked to the Premier League. And uh, Robert Lewandowski last summer it was it was linked to, to Chelsea and Manchester United quite a lot before, obviously, both of them went for uh, younger options really but I, I think we should move on to our next question before we uh, before <laughs> yeah. we, we spend the whole podcast on, on Robert Lewandowski and this is probably the one that I'm most interested in just because I think this guy's a, a major talent really and I'm sure a lot of the, the listeners would ag- agree and a lot of people in Germany would agree and uh, the question reads as follows where do you see Leon Bailey's future do you think he will move this summer? And also, which nation will he play for? And I kind of want to read some quotes from mm-hmm. Gareth South- Southgate, the, the England manager, before we go ahead. And uh, when, when questioned about uh, Leon Bailey, he, he kind of said, well, I'd have to say until a few months ago, we had no indication that he was eligible for England. That's still a process that is ongoing. And now that issue has been flagged. He's somebody we'll monitor more closely. But that's more for our talent identification department at this stage than it is for my selection in the short term. And for me, from those quotes, like it just seems like nobody knows. And I've read so many conflicting reports. Like, who can Leon Bailey play for? Um, it's interesting because, like, one of uh, I actually helped out a little bit in, in this interview, but uh, one of one of my friends, Ronan Murphy, who, who does stuff for uh, Bundesliga stuff for Goal.com, actually interviewed his 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 stepfather, uh, Craig Butler who uh, is also his agent. And, you know, it's been, it was, a, it was an interesting interview from, from, from what I gathered behind the scenes to, to say the least. And um, I don't know if you know Bailey's backstory, but uh, I can sort of- Kind of, like I kind yeah. of know, but I think you should go through yeah, it for the I listeners. Yeah, I mean, so, so for the listeners, yeah. So he's this kid who, who I think at the age of, uh, I want to say like 12, he, he, he basically left uh, Jamaica and he was like, there's this, tearing up sort of sort of the youth leagues there where like he was he was like top scorer in like the youth youth sixteens or whatever. And he and he he together with with, with uh, Craig Butler and, and and Craig Butler's son, who I don't remember at the time, but uh, they, they left for um various uh, clubs in in they went to Ajax first and then that sort of didn't really work out there. And then they kind of traveled through I think they ended up in Slovakia at one point and so various these youth teams and and then I think Genk was the was the final destination there. And at one point there's like these crazy stories where where he was like like left alone there as a 16 year old where his father was like robbed in, 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 in somewhere in, in, uh, in, in, I think it was in the desert or something. So it's a really um, kind of crazy story with him. And, and, uh, 
And he, you know, um, was everybody knew that he was a huge talent. But even when sort of, you know, I mean, when he broke out with with Genk in the Europa League, I think um, a lot of clubs got interested. And then he, you know, came to Leverkusen and uh, they were going through turmoil with with uh, Roger Schmidt getting uh, fired. And then Korkut uh, came in and that didn't really work out. And and he was kind of thought of as, as, as this kind of hot headed, big talent, but you don't really know what he's doing. And, you know, he dribbles a lot, but doesn't necessarily help the team. And I mean, and then I mean, nobody expected this from 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 what happened to, to this season where where he's he's still the number one rated player by by kicker magazine although i think he's he's faded a, a lot in um in the spring season and you know it's interesting to see but uh yeah to to answer some of those questions uh you know and finish the story time i i see his future in england for sure i think he's admittedly a chelsea fan um that's been clear he's i think just just in terms of you know the language and just in terms of you know his, his personality i think that both would go well as his game i think is really suited as well to, to to england and and i think one of the one of the big top six teams for sure and i think chelsea would have to be the favorites just based on that's the team that he likes will he move this summer possibly although uh, i think a lot will depend on sort of where leverkusen finish you know the the, the champions league and top four is, is incredibly tight in germany there's at least five teams, and then you know uh, RB Leipzig uh, could also be there. So uh, Leverkusen actually have kind of shot themselves in the foot lately, and uh, they they're they're in fourth, but they might not make it. So I think if if they miss out on, on the Champions League, I think there is there's probably a chance that he he could leave. But uh, I, I like for example, I don't think he's going to be on Leverkusen in two years, but I think he might move uh, next summer. Yeah, I mean, definitely going to be one of the most coveted talents in, in, in the summer for sure. And you mentioned Chelsea again, Eden Hazard's future is is really up in the air. You've got quite an aging Pedro Willian, who who seems to be linked away every season. So it does seem like they probably do need a wide man. I, I mean, like Eden Hazard's lack of uh, commitment to a new contract. I know Thibaut Courtois, uh, another guy at Chelsea who's who's been linked away, said that he'll be at Chelsea next season. We've not really had that from Hazard. And you look at, we, we talked about, sorry, Real Madrid earlier, and you look at Eden Hazard and you think, well, it, it could be a match made in heaven. You've got a player with two years left on his contract. You could definitely get about 150 million euros for him and then you reinvest in in youngsters like uh, I don't know Leon Bailey you've got uh, Thomas Lamar this summer who could be quite coveted Wilfred Zahar in the Premier League and, and other players that, that could do a job at Chelsea in, in Eden Hazard's absence but I do want to talk about the nationality thing a bit more because like so uh, from what I've read when he was a bit younger like he kind of fell out with the the, the Jamaican FA is that right? Yeah, so it's his it's his dad or his stepdad, I guess, who he's actually been banned by by the <laughs> FA for for I think sort of various dealings. I mean, he and it's like the one nation he's not going to play for is Jamaica. Like that, that's something that I think uh, everybody can agree on. And so, so where 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 else then? Yeah, I mean, it's tricky because because like you know, I think I think you know, England is certainly a possibility. I don't I don't think really anybody knows. I mean, it, from from everything I've heard and read about uh, his father. Uh, or stepfather, I guess, or he, he seems to be a really interesting character to say the least. And it seems like anything is possible with him. You know, I think I think it was a an academy dispute that that he was banned. Um, he was banned by the, the local federation, and he's kind of sort of sworn off Jamaica ever ever since then. And uh, 
you know, Crazy. but, but yeah, I mean, and, there, and there's a lot of the stuff where like he abandoned his, his kids and in, 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 in somewhere in, 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 uh, in, I think it was in, in Belgium or whatever. And then he's saying that he was kidnapped and whatever. There's a lot, a lot of these crazy stories. And, and that's what I got like from, from the interview that I read uh, in, in other places with him is that like, you, you have no idea what's going on with him and anything is sort of, sort of possible. I didn't. I mean, I saw the England links, and I didn't. I didn't see the Southgate quotes, but I, it's pretty shocking to me because unless he knows something that we don't, which is like you know this isn't happening, like they should definitely be monitoring him. I mean, for sure. I mean, I was just about to say, like, if he's even potentially eligible for England, like they should be knocking on the door. Like, oh yeah. In, I mean, uh, he would definitely be getting close into the starting eleven, and, and Germany likewise. I mean, the one thing you'd say about Germany's squad is is probably a lack of pace, right, in the, in the forward areas. And Leon Bailey is someone who who'd rectify that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I mean, I guess like Sané, Sané is pretty fast, but uh, oh, I mean, I completely but forgot about him. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, it's, it's interesting the Germany one, but I don't know. Like, I guess I would have to say, like, I, I don't know how. I don't know if about like eligibility rules. Like, is he, you know, because of had he, he played in Belgium? I mean, that would be another another fantastic option, I guess, yeah. for them. I mean, it's not that they're lacking talent, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting, but. I think, you know, and then of course you have the the Commonwealth rule with uh, Jamaica being, you know, former British territory. Yeah, yeah, that's yada, 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 yada. Yeah, I mean, I think like it's... if I had to like, you know, if you put a gun to my head and say like, you know, pick a country, like I pick England. I did a lot of reading on this one because I really wanted to get my facts straight, and uh, I guess like no one knows that's the answer. Yeah. Really. Uh, <laughs> but thanks very much for for giving as much insight as you could there, Abel. Well, we'll move on to the next one, and and this is uh this is a quite interesting question probably one of the, the favorite ones that, that got entered and this is about the left back spot in the germany squad which has been kind of you know i guess Jonas hector has had that spot for for the past couple of tournaments mm. and but it seems that potentially this one's up for grabs and what are the chances um that he keeps that place and then on topic he mentions uh, Mac, uh, Philip Max, sorry, mm. and a possibility of a transfer away from him from from Augsburg. So why don't you you start off with you know the left back berth and then move on to to Philip Max if you could. I mean, I could tie those in because Philip Max is obviously like lighting the Bundesliga on fire and like breaking records. I think he's got eleven assists and you know he's he's putting in sort of you know not just dead balls but crosses like everywhere. And um, I've I've kind of been a an early fan on him and uh, everybody's sort of calling, especially in Germany and everybody's calling for him to be included in the national team. And unfortunately, like my biggest problem with that issue is, is that, uh, and I actually like wrote a long tweet about it, but, but, but essentially like I agree that Philip Max has been the best left back in the league, but my problem is that he, he doesn't really fit the, the sort of, you know, positional play that Germany wants to play, you know? So, so it's just, you know, where the fullbacks are really high and they have to be technically sound and they have to, you know, track back and, and get, and get involved in a lot of close intricate passing, you know, Philip Max is is really good at counterattacking. He's really good at dead balls. He's he's not very good at sort of short passes. He, you know, his low um, pass his, his pass completion is like seventy in seventies. So he he's, he's he's efficient on crosses and you know passes in the box. But a lot of those are set pieces, and you know Germany doesn't necessarily rely on them. So so stylistically, he's I think a, a pretty poor uh, fit in that in that term. And I think people need to look beyond sort of you know surface stats and, and look at how he plays. Um, and the other problem with him is that, you know, he doesn't really, he's kind of a liability on defense because, you know, he, he, like, he, I mean, he, he was, I don't know if you know, but like he was a striker, especially growing up in the Schalke system. And I think it was like, oh, really? yeah, he scored like 15 goals, I think for the under 19s <laughs> at Schalke. His, his father is, uh, Martin Max, 
who is, uh, if, the, uh, if people are old like me, they'll remember the, the Schalke UEFA Cup uh, winning team from 97. He was, uh, and he played like, I think he played like 400 games at the Bundesliga. So, so he's a pretty legendary figure there. And, uh, but Philip Max is, you know, he's a late bloomer for sure. And um, I think um, he's, he's, I think he's going to leave eventually for the Premier League. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but he's, he's kind of come out um, that he's very happy. This is basically his first full season. I mean, he, he was playing as sort of a left midfielder earlier and his coach is Manuel Baum, who uh, well, used to be his, um, his teacher in, in uh, I think it's high school or in Realschule in Germany, but basically it's a, it's a sort of a high school for, for um, kind of sciences and whatnot. Uh, so, so he, he's, he's very comfortable there in Augsburg and, you know, um, he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't have, I think, I mean, he's got reasons to leave, but I think not until next year. Um, I would say, like, there's also a greater possibility that he would leave to, you know, a team within Germany. I think Schalke is, is, is a pretty obvious choice there. So they, they play, uh, especially under Tedesco, they play more of a style that suits him. Uh, I, I don't really see him for the national team. And the other the other reason is because, like, it's, it's not really worth the gamble, you know. So if he doesn't fit stylistically, you know, yeah, sure, he could, like, put in two crosses that, that gets you something. But, you know, what if you give up goals because of him? And Jonas Hector has been a favorite of, of Yogi Löw and he's worked really hard he's just come back from this injury and he's kind of back in form uh and he he he's he's he picked, he ticks all the boxes of you know what he wants you know he's an attacking fullback but he's still pretty solid defensively he's versatile positionally because he can play a sort of a number six a defensive midfielder so i mean he, he's got all these you know advantages versus uh max and i think really if uh, marcel hustenberg who is a leipzig left back if he if he was healthy if we were healthy he, he i think he broke his collarbone and then now he i think he messed up his acl like he would he would also be ahead of max and then i think you know plattenhart is, is still there so i think hector is still the number one plattenhart wasn't really good in 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 the friendly that they just played against brazil so i think it's hector's job just because like he's he does everything like what what you want from sort of a, a modern fullback. I don't necessarily think like he does a lot of things amazingly, but but uh, you know you don't need to because you've got you know Kimmich who's a, a world class you know right back, and then you've got all, all kinds of world class attacking players. So as long as you fit into the system, you, you fit into Liv's concept of you know positional play and short passing and and movement off the ball and you know occasional sort of end product in terms of crossing. Uh, and then you know defensive solidity like you don't need to do that like it, it's it's not a position of weakness but um if you gamble on someone like philip max i think the 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 risk is far greater than the reward i did read some some quotes from uh yogi Lo about uh philip max as well and how, how he wasn't mm. in in the latest squad and and how he wasn't in his world cup plan so i mean it seems like uh low in, in his mind kind of has a squad yeah. made up more or less but um you mentioned schalke earlier uh, and a possible destination for philip max and, and that actually segues quite nicely onto the next question uh, it goes along the lines of this and, and schalke have done really well this season so talk to me a bit about why and what players have played kind of a key role in this revival after you know the horror season they had before yeah i mean i had to start with the coach i mean domenico tedesco has, has sort of been the darling uh you know if, if julian nagelsmann was the star coach last year this year it's uh, tedesco who um they, they finished uh at the same time in the uh sort of football license academy in, in germany and tedesco actually was like number one of the class ahead of nagelsmann and he's a guy who um comes from uh, an engineering background i think was working at mercedes-benz in, in stuttgart and then 
started coaching the the U8 or U9s, I think, and U9s uh, on the side and got into coaching and kind of worked up the ranks and, and there and basically had 11 games in uh, Erzgebirge Aue, which is a second division team last year and, you know, was really, was really, um, that's where he kind of uh, got his first success, first taste of success. And then um, it was a shock signing when Schalke got him, but, you know, it's, it's worked out brilliantly, obviously. So, so it, he's, he's probably uh, the number one reason just because of, you know, the way he's instilled this kind of very solid defensively three at the back, uh, counterattacking, but, but also, uh, you know, very strong on set pieces. They're, they're not very good from open play, but, you know, they, they do shut, shut down the game. And uh, I mean, he's implemented some changes. I mean, at the number one is Max Meyer, that's probably the most uh, instrumental move. So Max Meyer, you, you're probably familiar, was was sort of this uh, mm. attacking midfielder, wide midfielder talent, and kind of been going to waste under Marcus Weinzel and previous uh, coaches as, as as well, and Brighton writer. And now he's under Tedesco. He plays as like a deep lying uh, playmaker, and he's, this is a guy who's really really slight build, and and now he's he literally like has I don't think he has like any key passes in the season, but he's got like five or six interceptions per game. And he's just completely like sacrificed himself for the team where he's, you know, reading the game and he's making smart, uh, smart passes, a little, very similar to what like Julian Weigel um, was mm. doing. And so he's, he's kind of the engine and then Naldo who, uh, I mean, just, yeah, just really quickly to, to backtrack uh-huh. on them, um, on him, mm-hmm. sorry. He, he is out of contract yeah, 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 right. this summer. So, so do you want to shed a bit of light sure. on that situation as yeah, well? Yeah, it's interesting because like he's uh, he, he and um, his agent, uh, their Schalke are not very happy with him. I think he's also um, representing Tilo Kehrer, who is another guy who's uh, expiring next year, young talent. And it's been like several. I think there's like uh, this kind of email gate in, in in Germany where Christian Heidel, who is the the Schalke director of football, has been trying to convince them. But like it's 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 gone through emails, and it's the second time I think. Uh, Meyer's uh, agent has has thrown back the the Schalke offer. So uh, and obviously Schalke have a have a pretty terrible history recently of, of keeping their their best players. And you put Manuel Neuer or Mishtozil or Leon Goretzka, latest ones. I mean, they're not really they're not really doing a great job of that. And and uh, Meyer is I think destined to leave. Um, I think uh, England is actually a pretty likely destination inside of Germany. I really don't see any other clubs that that would take him. I mean, Bayern don't need him. He obviously can't really go to Dortmund and, you know, Leipzig. uh, (laughs) I I, I, I don't know, I guess. But uh, so I think, uh, you know, a lot of the English teams uh, would would really love to have him. I, I could see Liverpool. I could see Arsenal. I mean, I could see a number of number of uh, number of teams and uh, maybe even Manchester City to especially for free I mean you just have to pay his wages which I don't think they're like uh, exorbitant at, at this point because he's he's been a young player who you know essentially was on this sort of you know first contract that just ran out so um, you know still not really close to the German national team so I think that would be a huge you know a little bit similar to like a Gundogan type of deal that City made where, where you know they didn't you know they, they think waited a year and didn't really play that much for him, but it w- would even be better. And I mean, I think um, Liverpool would be, would be a really good one. I think even, I mean, probably now that I think about it, Chelsea as a sort of a Fabregas replacement. I mean, that would be, I think, fantastic as well. He's uh, clearly not, not sure of uh, that many options over here in England. So, so my next question is, is uh, about an exciting uh, uh-huh. youngster in, in the Bundesliga. 
and it's about uh, Jan Fiat Harp and, and and about his future. Do you, do you want to shed a bit of light on on that? Yeah, that's been a, a pretty controversial topic because Jan Fiat Harp is the the next uh, you know German attacking talent. I mean, he absolutely destroyed the under seventeen. I think it was the World World Championships uh, recently, and um, he's been he's been uh, you know when when he came into to Hamburg, I mean, people were saying that he could be he could be playing, and then he wasn't really used early on, and. You know, um, he's still in, keep in mind, he's still in high school. And, you know, that was like the biggest <laughs> challenge for him recently is that he's studying for the, the, the school leaving exams that they have in Germany, which is which is a pretty wow. huge deal. And what's helped him now is that, uh, um, you know, unfortunately, Hamburg are, you know, basically as good as relegated, but, but and they had, they're on their third coach now. And, and that's Christian Tietz, who actually is his youth coach and, and is, is probably the guy that knows him well. So, so there's this real, really bad dilemma for him that like, you know, he, you know, probably for his development, it might be better for him to leave. You know, he's got a year left on his contract. And I think Dortmund were willing to pay 15, 20 million for him. But, uh, you know, would he get playing time? You know, he hasn't played that much. I mean, I think he's played like 800 minutes maybe, or I want to say maybe, maybe fewer this year. And um, he scored, I think, two goals. So a lot of it is, is basically projection at this point. And, um, you know, I think today there was a story in Schwarzbild where, 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 you know, he, he's sort of asking uh, Tietz whether, you know, should he stay? But then, like, you know, do you, we don't know if, if, if Tietz, his, his youth coach, who is, if, is, is going to stick around next year. I mean, it, it looks like that, uh, you know, he is probably a longer-term solution. But, you know, it's, it's only been, I think, I think they played um, one game or two games with him, so two games with him. So uh, it's very much out, uh, and the jury's very much out on him. And um, I, I would say, like, it's probably better for him to to actually stay in the, in the Zweite Bundesliga because... Just the way, like I think the second half of his season hasn't gone well. I mean, he he, he kind of stormed on in, in November and October um, when he when he came back off of the the under seventeen uh, World Cup, and then he was really hot. And then basically since then, he's either like not been in like he had like two or three um, injuries, but they were like you know colds and infections, and he was studying. It's like it seems like there's a lot of distractions in his life that that wasn't necessarily like helping him. And then you know obviously um, firing Marcus Gisdol and then getting. Uh, the next coach, Bernd Hollerbach, who was kind of a, a, you know, he was a assistant to Felix Magat. So, so you can imagine sort of his, uh, you know, <laughs> thoughts on his his deep extended thoughts on on, on footballing philosophy and uh, integrating young guys. So he never really got a chance there, and it's just kind of like he's kind of getting back into the swing of things. And had you asked me this question uh, in December or January, I would have said like there's no chance of him staying. But I think now there's there's more of a chance because. The best thing for him is to to have a, a really great, you know, or even like a great half season, and and leave in like you know next winter. I mean, Bayern were were obviously the the biggest club that was linked with him, and you know, but but is he like is it is it good for him to be like you know the the backup to Lewandowski's backup Sandro Wagner? Like, isn't it better for him to play in Hamburg, where at least like in a Zweite Liga or second Bundesliga, it's still a you know pretty competitive league, and you know um, he could get you know a couple thousand minutes and and you know. To get a, get a bunch of goals on a professional level and then leave after that. I mean, the big problem is that his, his contract will have to be extended uh, because it, it expires in 2019. And I think Hamburg certainly don't want to lose him for nothing. So, Yeah, I mean, really, really interesting uh, <laughs> dilemma he's got there, really. I mean, that school and uh, a year left on his deal in the summer, I guess uh, he's, he's got a big decision to make. But, you know, seems seems a big talent and, and clearly in a quite grounded because he's at, still at school but um you know we'll, we'll move on and the next question is about uh M- mahmoud dahoud and the, the question is uh dahoud is an absolute baller 
clearly a big fan. Uh, where do you see him in a few years? Yeah, it's interesting because like I I think I I actually like one of the first articles that was, was I wrote about him for for the Bundesliga Fanatic or, or one of the first games where he he um under Andre Schubert who was sort of the interim coach he he brought him up from the under 19s I think he was like 19 or 20 at the time and he just sort of started dominating games and and it really reminded me of me of like uh, Andres Iniesta actually it was it was, it was a comp that I that I would use a lot uh, you know sort of a, a, the when he, when you know an athletic Iniesta uh, in those years and then um had kind of a down year last year at Mönchengladbach and you know obviously they had big coaching changes and then people thought that he would do really well at Dortmund just because you know just what a talent he was and he's basically with the sort of the, the really all-around center midfielder who can you know progress the ball but can also play sort of those line-breaking passes and then you know can finish the, the move as well so he basically can do everything and then the problem was that he never really got going under Peter Bosch and, and basically was a non-factor in that part of the season um until December and and really um I think he had a he had an injury as well from training camp so he was never really he was never really uh in in the plans there and since Peter Stöger uh has taken over he was he's been one of the big beneficiaries and Dortmund fans were actually really really mad at Dahoud for 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 uh for a long time and now he's I think in the last month or so he's he's finally started to pick up and dominated a couple of games you know against Frankfurt he was he was really good but he still got like sort of this recklessness in him a little bit where where he can you know the game can get away from him and he can get into challenges but uh he, he still takes some time a little a little bit too much time on the ball and a lot of times like you know it's it's not always his fault because he doesn't always have any everybody to pass to and you know Dortmund's uh, structures has not been great under Stöger but he's also really really uh dependent on on confidence like I think it, it like we kind of forget about that with young players and and I think he he, he um is just turned 22 in January so he's still a pretty pretty young player I guess you know in terms of in terms of not having you know this is his sort of third season now but but I think in all those seasons he's he 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 hasn't you know he he was never really like sort of the guy who was always sort of getting getting regular minutes I mean that's tough to do at the central midfield um, even in Germany, but, uh, in a few years, I mean, I definitely see, uh, I mean, now I think had you asked me this, like a couple months ago, I would have said, you know, I'm not sure now I, I definitely see him featuring for Germany for, for sure. I think eventually he's going to be, you know, when the Kroos Kadira generation kind of ages out, which, which I think definitely should, should be, uh, certainly for the next world cup. Uh, but I think even for the 2020 euros, I think Dahoud is going to be, is going to be one of those guys that will competing, will be competing for, for, for those spots. Yeah, I think uh, a guy that raised a lot of interest in his time at Gladbach, and I think it might have been a surprise to some that he went to Dortmund. I'm not too sure. But um, yeah, certainly a talent. Reminds me a bit of Miriam Pjanic, but certainly uh, one to look out for, especially yeah, in the Bundesliga in the, in the next few years. Uh, so the next question, and I really like this question as well, actually. So whoever, whoever did submit this one, uh, props to you. So we wanted to know your thoughts on, on English youngsters heading to the Bundesliga. So this is the first kind of time that English players are looking to go abroad. I mean, we've had British players with, with Gareth Bale, um, but in the modern era, this is the first kind of time that English youngsters are, are looking abroad. Uh, I mean, Jaden Sancho, Reese Oxford um, uh, moving abroad to the Bundesliga. So, so what, what has made it so appealing to go to Germany for these English yeah, youngsters? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is regular playing time, just because, um, I mean... We don't have to get into the reasons why uh, 
you know, even though England has had amazing under 17, 20, I mean, I think you guys are like winning all the, all the tournaments now, but it doesn't seem to be an end product for those players um, as far as getting into the first team. And I think that that makes sense on a financial level where, you know, like if you're a, a big team in England and, you know, you're, you're, you, you could just, you could just spend a hundred million on, on the next 24 year old instead of, putting in an 18 year old and you know so those those and those players are now leaving right and and so in, in Germany you know it's it's much more likely that a 18 year old or 17 year old is getting playing time I mean um we could spend all day uh listing the names from you know Kai Havertz to Christian Pulisic or even we just mentioned uh Sancho or Ademola Lukman is, is is another one who uh who's recently come over to Leipzig and there's also uh the league is interesting it's it's attacking there's there's uh you know um new tactics innovative tactics and uh high level stuff which um i think unless you're playing for i mean i don't want to uh, sort of you know badmouth the uh the rest of the epl but but unless you're playing for the top 16 16 teams um maybe you know sam allardyce or uh you know um tony pulis <laughs> or you know david moist don't necessarily bring the same kind of tactical noose as uh you know a uh, uh you know a nagelsman or I'm not sure. I'm not sure yeah. anyone's so, going to disagree. So there's with also that. there's also this thing <laughs> where you're you're playing you're playing instead of uh, in front of uh, fifty thousand fans, or you know it's a great atmosphere in the stadium. Um, it's also a chance to kind of move up the ranks quickly. You can you can play in the Champions League pretty easily. So uh, I think you can kind of fast track your career. And I mean, it's it's obviously uh, England's England's lost and, and and the Bundesliga's gain. I mean, it doesn't always work out. I mean, we, we saw Oliver Burke, I think, as a as a good uh, example of when it didn't work out. But and and there is this sort of um, question in Germany whether you know, like the these young English players are necessarily like tactically astute enough. I mean, that's been a criticism of Lukman recently. Uh, I think Reese Oxford has has kind of struggled in, in in some ways as as well. He uh, unfortunately just got hurt. Even though like Gladbach have everybody got have everybody hurt, and this would be uh, Vestergaard who's the regular center back. So so Oxford would actually be getting playing time now. But I think he he suffered a thigh injury, so it doesn't look like he's uh, I don't know how long he's going to be out for. But but it would have been a great chance for him to play. Sancho unfortunately also got hurt after I actually got to see him live a little bit in in Berlin uh, in January, where where basically um, Dortmund. For like three, four games, or this is right, right, right after um, the, the winter break. We're just relying on him beating people individually, and you know to to do that. And like he's, you know, he's he's good enough to like beat you know Bundesliga professionals who's been in the leagues for five, ten years, or even like Mitchell Weiser, who is one of the better Bundesliga right backs. Like he he just he just didn't couldn't do anything against him just because he's so fast. He's got just wonderful control, and I mean, I think I I think really highly of him and and uh he's got you know definitely world class uh written all over him and you know and there's and it's and it's interesting in terms of uh these prospects that it's not just english i mean there's this huge french invasion now um you know with 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 upa meccano or pavard or there's you know a number of guys there's at least like eight or nine so it's it's more of a i think uh youth is, is really the thing where you know these guys who are coming out of you know psg academies or you know or big academies from from england but they don't have a pathway to to play for those big teams because those big teams just uh you know they just buy the finished product you know they just buy the 24 year old for for whatever 30 i mean 30 million 100 million and you know they don't they don't give these guys and 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 obviously their alternative is to play for the reserves and you know maybe it's a few thousand if maybe a few hundred people and the quality is is much much worse so 
I think coming coming to uh, coming to the Bundesliga, where it's still one of the top four or five leagues in the in, in the world, and you've got the chance to play regularly, potentially play in the Champions League, potentially fast track your career. Like you play one two good seasons, you know he's not he's not English, but Andreas Christensen was was a good example at Chelsea of this. But uh, you know, so you got interesting tactics. Um, you know, wonderful fans. Uh, the, the game is really fast paced. It's uh, it's a cool league, I think, just in terms of you know social media. It's it's, it's very sort of a hip league. I mean, uh, I see I see a lot of these guys are active on, on social media. You know, Sancho I think has fit in pretty well. So um, I think the, all of those are positives, and and there really aren't a ton of downsides, especially you know now there a lot of the clubs are international and you know um, have English speaking players and coaches. So especially if you go to you know one, I mean, there, and there's like seven or eight teams to go to. You know, um, so 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 there's there's really no no downside, I guess. I mean, you know, I guess it's not going to work out for everybody, but it's a great chance for for them to come to the Bundesliga. Yeah, I think Jaden Sancho has done terrifically well so far uh, in his Bundesliga career. You mentioned that he, he unfortunately got hurt, which was not not great for him. It probably uh, scuppered his progress slightly, but I'm sure next season. Uh, uh, for Dortmund that he'll be a, a regular fixture and then of course you have the links back to, to the Premier League which are inevitable uh, on Reese Oxford just just a moment I, I mean I was actually there at his debut when uh, oh, okay. West Ham uh, beat Arsenal 16 right wasn't he 16, 16 right and he, he, yeah. he played in uh, he played in holding field which, right. which isn't his you know regular position and he, he had Meza Ozil in his pocket but the whole oh, game wow. really and he, he dominated the game which was which was crazy right at the Emirates when on your debut 16 years old like you're genuinely still in secondary school which is uh which is which was insane but he, he was amazing that day and I left the ground thinking wow like I've just seen like the future of English football in defense and and he kind of hasn't had that path like everyone thought that you know this was West Ham's he's going to be the go-to guy for West Ham in, in centre-back or holding midfield for the, for the next few years and he just never really progressed so maybe Germany is where he can kind of perfect his craft really yeah, and it's a weird thing where, like, you know, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of West Ham's development system, but, uh, you know, I think we can sort of think about the track record of, like, great West Ham talents over the last 10, 15 years. It, you kind of have to struggle to pick out a few. <laughs> few. I mean, so, you've, you, Joe, Joe Cole. Yeah, I mean, Joe uh... Cole, I remember. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm old enough to remember Joe Cole. And uh, obviously, he's, I think Jaden Sancho is actually, uh, I think Lee Scott, who... Does the brilliant uh, ESDF analysis? He actually was the one who uh, made this comparison between Jaden Sancho and and Joe Cole. So I think that's a good one. But uh, yeah, I think uh, with so with, with so I think it, it's a complicated question because I think you know a part of it is down to West Ham and maybe like Reese Oxford is comfortable playing for for that sort of team, which is a reactive team that, that tends to kind of concede possession and doesn't want to play uh, tile. But then like he moves to Gladbach and, it, and there was sort of controversy and then, you know, he was loaned back like for when he played like one game and then he came back in the, in the, in the winter and, and, you know, Gladbach, uh, you know, they actually try to have a possession style. Um, it doesn't always necessarily work. And then they, they do actually like, I think their, their center back pairing, you know, whether it's Ginter or Vestergaard or Oxford, like they're, they're usually, um, leading the league in, in in passes. I mean, a lot of times it's to to each other, so uh, it's not always the most progressive type of passing. But I think that's a very different style than what you would have at West Ham. So it's possible that he's not necessarily ready for it. I mean, I saw a few of his games. He he, um, you know, I think there was one goal that he got kind of bad. Uh, beaten badly on it was a set piece and he just kind of got picked off by by the screen and Thomas Delaney ended up scoring a pretty easy header and you know he's made some you know kind of silly mistakes but 
it's also tough when you're not playing regularly. And, um, you know, he's he's in um, Gladbach one one minute, then he gets called back to West Ham and then he's back again. And, you know, Dieter Hecking isn't necessarily like the, the most sort of forward thinking coach developing players. So it could be that like, you know, um, if he get if he, they get a new coach and, you know, he, he gets more playing time. I mean, he, he's played he was played at right back. I don't think he did too greatly there so there's a lot of things that go into this I mean I think people um, don't necessarily understand just how important fit is just how important having the right coach having the right system you know giving you the confidence Um, there's all these kind of things that go into young players development and it's very very easy to 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 write off players as busts or or, you know sort of fail talents but there's so many things that go into it and, and you know it's it's obviously you can it's it's a mix of these things, but but you have to make the most of it. But at the same time, a lot of it is beyond your control. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, Reese Oxford is still young, yeah. and you know he he could still develop to be an incredible talent. But we'll have to wait and see on that one. Uh, speaking of incredibly coveted uh, young talents, our next question on is uh, all about Timo Werner. He, he seems to be the, the man of the moment right now in in, in the English press, uh, in particular with links to to Liverpool, obviously with the the Klopp German kind of link so so where will he be after the summer and if he does leave where's he going to um i think actually like he's come out recently in in the press that he's staying at leipzig for at least another year that's that's sort of the the latest that i have on him and yeah it's it's interesting with 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 werner because he um you know, I, I remember watching him at Stuttgart and and he was a really, really like he was one of the most frustrating players where, where they played him like wide right. And he was like, you know, putting up these huge uh, advanced statistics, but like, you know, just was one of the I don't know if like worse is, is probably unfair, but like unluckiest finishers. There was like, you know, open goals that he was missing. Um, and and then, uh, you know, when he went to Leipzig, he just it just seems like he, he figured out how to finish. And now he's probably one of the best finishers. And just because like him being just so, so fast, I mean, I, I can't even really think of anybody off the top of my head who, who's like genuinely faster than him just in terms of, you know, acceleration from, you know, zero to whatever he accelerates to. I mean, he just makes like... Um, you know, good and, and world-class center backs look ridiculous. I mean, even, you know, like Mats Hummels and, 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 and uh, I think um, Zule really struggled against him. Uh, Kimmich uh, was, was probably the best example that, like, he, they, they're playing against uh, Bayern just, just a couple of weeks ago. And Kimmich had, like, you know, and Kimmich is not slow, but, like, he had no chance against Werner when he just, you know, pushed the ball past him. And, yeah, so so Werner, it seems like there's an ebb and flow with with, with sort of the, the rumors with him because he, you know, he will have, like, the, he's, he's a very streaky player to me where, like, he'll have these great starts. Like, he had a great start to the season and scored a bunch of goals and then, then had the unfortunate sort of, uh, you know, incident in, uh, in, in Turkey where he sort of, complained about the crowd noise and had to be taken out and that kind of threw him back and then got hurt a little bit and and now he's sort of bouncing back up again and but but clearly he's a huge talent and uh, I think Bayern is is, is the, the logical destination for him uh, next summer like I think I could see the domino of you know Lewandowski moving next summer to to Real Madrid and then you know Werner going to to Bayern as as, as a you know, I mean, replacement. They're different players, but but you know, just for the sake of argument, he's the replacement there. I think he's also come out, like I said before, that he's he's not necessarily ready to to move abroad, and and I do think like he's 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 still a pretty raw player. I mean, for for like all the great stuff that he does, and and I think what what's what's impressive about him is just how easily he gets into positions to score. He's still like not very good at 
final decisions. I mean, whenever he like, I mean, unless it's shooting, like it's basically his default is, is just to shoot everything on sight. Um, and I mean, there's a couple of examples. I think I actually tweeted those out in, on my on my Twitter at uh, BundesPL where where he um, he like had chances to just play a square ball to um, one of the Leipzig teammates and it would have been, you know, two or three easy goals against Bayern. And and those are the things that, that you know, he's going to have to improve on. But, you know, he's still still pretty young. And I think for sure he's he's definitely uh, the big uh, talent. Uh, I, I actually see him starting for Germany in the World Cup. So uh, it actually, and, and uh, you know, I think, you know, what, what we what we didn't talk about, I guess, is, is there's always the sort of World Cup bonus. You know, I think he could be the, the guy that like, you know, James Rodriguez was was in 2014, where, mm. you know, if Germany go really deep, which uh, there's, uh, you know, pretty good light, likeliness, given that they're defending champs, there's going to be a forward who scores lots of goals. And it's probably, maybe it's not Thomas Müller. There's a decent chance there's Timo Werner. So, yeah, I don't know, he becomes like the top scorer of the World Cup, like, Maybe you know Bayern suddenly are like out of the out of the running, and you know maybe then like you know Real Madrid just decides to skip Lewandowski and then just you know bail it and just spends two hundred million. I mean that that's basically what they did with Hamas, right? Like they just paid like you know above market value for him, so you can never rule that out. I mean, why 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 go for the potential replacement right. when you can just have the next best thing, I, right? Yeah, yeah, next best guy. Yeah, yeah but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. short answer is I see him at Leipzig uh, um, in. 2018-19 and then I would say Bayern that's sort of the sensible answer but you know we can we should always leave some room for uh, the irrational because football is very very irrational and people like to make emotional decisions and sometimes it's good I mean certainly it's going to be good for for uh, for him for sure yeah I think he's he's definitely one with Kimmich that that could set the 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 uh, World Cup alight for for uh, for Germany. So really interesting to see how those guys do. So so the next question is, uh, and it reads as follows, and I, I do really like this question as well. Are there any players from the bottom three teams who you think will sign for better teams in the Bundesliga next season? I think we've seen in, in the Premier League, like uh, West Brom are going down already and, and a few of their players will probably go. Southampton always lose players in the summer. If they go down this season, I fear to, to think how many players that they could lose. And, you know, Stoke have uh, Jedran Shachiri uh, and a couple other guys that, that could probably do a job for, for Premier League sides. So is there anything similar, any bargain buys that you can think of in the Bundesliga? Yeah, there, there's a lot. I think, in fact, so many that I, I think it was a couple weeks ago that I wrote, wrote on this sort of uh, topic uh, on Football Whispers, which is uh, it's called Bundesliga Bargains, Premier League Sides Can Snatch. So I looked at uh, guys who are expiring contracts. Uh, wrote about wrote that about two weeks ago, and uh, I included the, a lot of them from uh, the uh, the relegation can, uh, clubs. And, and I think there's four. I mean, we need to con- sort of consider Wolfsburg, who are 15th and they're tied with Mainz. But I actually don't think they have a a ton of uh, people that are that are really intriguing. I guess Felix Udukai is, is one, but uh, I actually think there's very little chance that they that they go down. Uh, Mainz are are tied with them, and um, they also um, you know have a pretty huge chance, like a better than 90 chance of survival per the projection systems that I looked at. But they have two players that are, that I think are really interesting, and uh, Jean Philippe Jabamen is is, is a, a Ivorian. Um, kind of central midfielder who can also play center back. And he, it's weird because he just uh, extended his contract. Uh, and uh, I'm actually going to write more about him for Football Whispers uh, next week. So I don't want to spoil too much of the article, but he's he's really uh, talented. He can he can play make out of the back. He can transition. He's he's uh, he's uh, unfortunately like a little bit red card prone. So um, he 
that's that's one one sort of weakness in his game. But uh, he's one who's really physical, and a lot of teams should look at. I, I think Schalke are the obvious connection with them uh, because of uh, Christian Heidel, who was the sporting director at Mainz, and he's now at Schalke. So that's probably an easy connection. So I don't necessarily see him going to. Uh, to England, but Schalke would be a better team, certainly. So that's that's a good one. And then Abdu Diallo is a, sort of a left center back at, at Mainz as well. He, he's, he's actually a really good dribbler. He's out of the Monaco youth system. And he uh, was really impressive uh, against Bayern in a number of games. I've, I've written about him a little bit. And I think he's also going to be on a better team. Link, linked with Arsenal at one point, actually. Yeah, as an Arsenal fan, yeah, yeah, sorry, actually, I, had to yeah, put that in there. I, I remember that. Yeah, and I think that's the, probably has to do with agents and stuff. But he's certainly good enough to to be there. And obviously, you know, French uh, French defenders are always uh, Arsenal's number one targets. And but he actually would be would be a good one. He's uh, he's pretty physical, but he, he can also play sort of. He can play like a lot of the left sided positions in in the defense. He, he was playing at like left wide back, and he was playing left center back, and just regular left back, and. Um, he's got the ability to kind of break lines as well with his passing, and he's also um, a, a dribbler, which which I think is which I think is pretty interesting. I think in the game against Bayern, he completed like six or seven dribbles, and uh, was I think it was Thomas Müller who 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 he made look uh, ridiculous a couple of times. I mean, his he he along with Mainz uh, has kind of fallen off in, in the second half as well. But so so those would be the two ones from Cologne for Cologne. Uh, there's there's a, there's a number of them. Timo Horn is a goalie who has been linked with a bunch of teams. Uh, Obviously, I think England in England as well. Um, you know, Liverpool would, would be one, I guess, and and they've, they've looked at him for a while. Probably inside the Bundesliga, I think he would. Bundesliga actually tends to be doing pretty well in the goalkeeping department. I guess Frankfurt would be an obvious choice because they're they're losing uh, Lukas Radetzky, who they couldn't agree with the contract expansion, and he's uh, he's he's likely to leave maybe to to England. So they're going to need a goalkeeper. Uh, Dortmund actually came up in with, with with Timo Horn as well, but they they came up more with Jonas Hector, who uh, obviously we just talked about earlier. But there was a there was a, there's been stories that he can his buyout clause is like eight or nine million or some something ridiculously cheap. Uh, so so he would obviously be a, be a huge uh, a huge coup. And I think uh, you know I would say like since there are so few uh, um, fullbacks really, but left backs as well in 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 in, in Germany. Um, I would say like, you know, Schalke would be would be another one, you know, Frankfurt, Leverkusen, although they have Wendell. So but but, you know, so there's you know, Hoffenheim could definitely use him. So there's a bunch of teams that could that could be in for him. Um, I would be kind of surprised if Coziello kind of stuck around in, in second division, although he kind of had to know that when he came on. So, so maybe he does want to just to just to get some playing time there. So so Köln have a number of interesting players there. I think Dominic Heinz, who's not that great, but he's been linked with Dortmund as well. And then for Hamburg, there's uh they've they've got probably the the they're gonna have the biggest fire sale of, of all fire sales because they need to cut down from their wage bill from fifty-five million to about thirty million. And uh, I think Lewis Holtby, who I think uh, Tottenham fans are vaguely familiar with, I guess. He uh, he's he's finally playing now because uh, neither of the previous two coaches liked him too much. So today, actually, there's a story that uh, although like some teams from Russia are interested in him, but he might stick around. Uh, there's a couple of center backs that they're that they're guaranteed to lose. Uh, Mergen Mavrai, who uh, is probably going to go to either a Bundesliga two side or maybe like a you know like a, a lower tier like a Freiburg or sort of even Wolfsburg or, or even one of those ties because he just got. Uh, sent to the reserves, and then Kyriakos Papadopoulos, who I think people might know from Leverkusen and Leipzig. He's a really kind of combative, uh, technically limited, but but a, you know a leader and a kind of annoying guy to play against. He uh, 
was also kind of unhappy and came out against his the new coach at Hamburg. So it's pretty likely that he's gone. I don't see him kind of sticking around. Um, Aaron Hunt, I guess, is is is, is a pretty decent sort of set piece uh, playing key pass guy. I think he's probably going to move to Turkey though. So that's been on there. So there's a bunch of them. I mean, I included a, a number of those guys. Deke Meyer is a right back. He's he's the guy who famously never scores. He's got like 200 Bundesliga games without a goal. And but yeah, he, he's certainly like decent enough for for like a Wolfsburg or, or even you know Freiburg or Hanover or one of these one of these teams. So so. It's a big fire, so we, we, I think we talked about Fita Arp as well. There's, there's a few other ones for Hamburg, and uh, I think they're, they're most likely are going to keep the younger guys and, and the cheaper guys. But, you know, the big signings like that, that they had. Kostic, I think, is, is the one that I forgot to mention. He's probably the, the, the best-rated Hamburg player. I think he's, he's uh, the most likely to be gone. I think there's a, there's a number of teams that, that would be interested in him, and, um, even... I mean, I'm not sure. Like he's he's a tricky player because he's mostly good on counterattacks and really poor at uh, crossing and, and passing. So that would kind of rule him out for a bunch <laughs> of teams. But uh, there's a, there's I think this season there's a bigger emphasis in the Bundesliga on counterattacks. So he could uh, he could play a role for uh, a team like you know, Gladbach, I guess, or even you know Leverkusen. Or, or I mean, I don't see him at Dortmund because they have a ton of attacking talent but you know maybe even a Schalke so so there's there's a number of options there so you could actually do a lot worse than pick off those players um from from those relegated teams so I'm sorry to go on a long rant there but there's really a, there's really a too many guys <laughs> no 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 I think uh this is this is probably the the question that I knew least about so it's so good that you went on a bit and uh, gave us your insight so yeah if, if you guys want to go out and check out those players on on Football Index and, and see if maybe they're worth a purchase uh, check them out I think he's listed about a thousand there so uh, go do your homework <laughs> So the next question is is about Naby Keita, who who will be at Liverpool next season, of course. And basically, what what can fans expect of him? What can Liverpool fans expect of Naby Keita next season? Um, I think I put the notes world domination, so I'm just gonna stick with that answer. No, it's uh, I mean, uh, like I I think was maybe I mean I want to say like I was the first one on the Naby Keita bandwagon because that was uh, Ted Knudsen, who was the uh, owner of Statsbomb and all around, uh, you know, analytics expert. But uh, I was maybe like the third guy or fourth guy on, on the Keita bandwagon. I mean, I obviously wasn't one of those guys who watched him in, in in Salzburg. But when he came to the Bundesliga, you could see just how special he is. Because, you know, like to have a, a central midfielder who was leading the league and was like second or third in the league in dribbles, um, it's pretty insane. And uh, and it's not just like the the kind of BS dribbles. Like he's actually like dribbling through four guys and, you know, playing in people and... You know, he's he's had a kind of an up and down season this year because he's had, you know, problems with obviously the Liverpool deal and then he had the driver's license scandal where he, you know, like drove without a license and then got and then he had a bunch of red cards and got suspended and you know, so so there seems to be like, you know, distractions in his but but you know, when he plays and um and it's like and there's also like the thing with him where like he can get reckless and, and get you know, get on the verge of being sent off. So he's been subbed off a bunch of times around the 60th minute because like he would have been, you know, kicked out or, or thrown off the field with with the red card. So those are question marks in his game. But other than that, I think I think they're they're very few. Um and uh, I think for, for Liverpool, I mean that that's been, you know, from 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 what I've seen, I mean that's been one of their biggest weaknesses is that to have a, a do it all all around um 
midfielder who, who can, you know, progress the ball, who can dribble the ball, who can pass the ball, who can, you know, put in defensive work, who can, um, you know, do everything. I mean, I guess that's a sort of the, the long and short of it. And there's a reason why those guys go for the, you know, 75 to 100 million range, um, even with, you know, basically, you know, one and a half. I mean, especially like when he was signed, it was maybe one Bundesliga season and a little bit. So uh, expect everything. And uh, I mean, uh, it's uh, I'm 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 generally like a fairly uh, conservative person in terms of my opinions and how certain I am of them. But uh, like, if he's not gonna work out of Liverpool, then then nobody is. So um, I guess like I don't know like I don't know where he is on the the football index and, at you guys. But I'd be I'd be buying all the stock. I guess it's still probably it's probably now like somewhat inflated now. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he he rose quite a bit on the on the Liverpool news, of course. But I think like Liverpool with 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 uh, purchasing Van Dijk in January, uh, potentially going for a goalkeeper in 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 the summer, if they can keep hold of Emre Chan or, or buy a, a adequate replacement, and they add Naby Keita to that, maybe kind of like a forward thinking player as well to replace Coutinho's uh, missing flair, then you're looking at like a you know. A Premier League challenging squad and potentially a, a, a squad that could go far in Europe as well with Klopp's record in Europe. Yeah, and he's a wonderful fit for Klopp's system. That that's the other thing because like he's he's awesome at counter pressing and you know obviously like you know Sadio Mane is he's obviously come from uh, Salzburg as well. So Firmino, so so there's there's a lot of familiarity you know, Firmino from Hoffenheim. So there's there's definitely like a you know he, he's that kind of player who, who fits in seamlessly into those into those uh, you know into that system and and he has that playmaking that I that I think. Liverpool um, have been have been missing. I mean, to the extent that like you can like you don't need to play make when you just got like Salah and and Mane and Firmino doing all that stuff. But like you know, in some in some cases, I guess when you're when you're playing against like deeper sitting teams, which I think uh, what's going to help them there is like Leipzig actually have been playing a lot this season. I mean, that's one of the reasons for their struggles is that they've been uh, playing a lot against deeper sitting teams because like teams figured out that like. Uh, you know, if Keita is destroying you on the counter and Timo Werner is faster than everybody and Forsberg is is an awesome technical player, like maybe we sh- we, we don't need to be wide open against them. So they figured that out this year. And, um, you know, it, it's taken a while for 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 Leipzig to to adjust against that. And I think that's that's been a, a big reason for their struggles and alongside, you know, playing in Europe and and all those kind of things. But uh, yeah, I mean, Keita can can help with all those things and he's going to he's going to be he's going to be great. Uh, I'm pretty I mean, that's like the one limb one limb that I'll definitely go out on. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll be a success. He, he seems a perfect fit for the Premier League. But I mean, you mentioned Forsberg there and I actually mm-hmm. wanted to ask you, on Leipzig, who else could kind of get poached from their talented squad apart from potentially Timo Werner and obviously after Naby Keita leaving, uh, who else could potentially leave because they do seem to kind of run that kind of business model or football club model where you, you do have the youngsters, you sell them for incredibly high and then either bring them through your youth squad and then or, or invest for, uh, into players from quite you know obscure leagues as they did with Naby Keita. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not necessarily like the obscure leagues as much, but it's the um, you know it's the pipeline that they have, right? So so you know they've got the um, all kinds of Red Bull uh, related uh, um, clubs that are that are basically you know the same uh, the same um, armor, I guess for for uh, for better for lack of a better word, and and they have um, 
you know, I mean, um, Samatsuke, uh, Samatsuku is, uh, the idea of Samatsuku is a Malian, uh, basically the next Nabi Keita kind of, who's at Salzburg. It's been kind of, uh, the breakout player of the season there. And he's, he's more or less like, you know, leaving to, to go to, to go to, to, to Leipzig there. And, um, as far as who are the players that would, so, so they have replacements there, but as far as who are the players are leaving, I think Forsberg is, is probably the most, the likeliest one because he had a tough season or he's had a tough season this, this, this year. I think he's got like one goal and very low expected goals numbers. And he had this kind of weird stomach injury where it wasn't sure it was a tear and I'm not sure how it was treated. And he looks like he's kind of ready to, to get out of there. I mean, that's been in sort of German media there. Um, so he would be obviously, uh, uh, I mean, he's probably among the top four or five uh, most technical players in the Bundesliga. Just incredible first touch and just can get around like the first and second guy with no problem. I mean, he was he was really, Im- sorry to mm-hmm. cut you off, but he was really impressive for yeah. Sweden as well oh, yeah. uh, in, in their games against Italy. Awesome. He really was awesome. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. And he's uh, incredible on set pieces. Um, like I said, the biggest thing with him is that he, he just got hurt and, and that's really, that's been really the one, one thing that's, uh, that's derailed him. And, you know, he's at that age where he's, he's, you know, he's 26. So like people, people think he's a young player, but he's 26. Um, and, uh, he's, you know, he's, he's obviously, um, actually pretty fluent in English and, um, he, you know, is a, comes from a professional footballing family. And I think he would be a, a, a really, a really good fit abroad in England. And, uh, I think that, that, that's, that's a, that's a pretty likely move that that's gonna, that's gonna happen. He's got the same agent as, uh, Victor, um, Lindelof. So I don't know if that means anything, but, uh, if I was like Manchester United and, and like, you know, I would be, I'd be trying to, I'd be making some of those phone calls because, uh, you know, he's, you know, I potentially like he could actually potentially be had, probably for not that much money because he's a little bit older and he had that injury. So, you know, I would, I would be, I'd be gambling on him pretty hard. Um, the other, the other player that, uh, that I actually also going to write about is Peter Gulacci, who's uh, my, my, my compatriot from, from Hungary and a uh, wonderful guy who, uh, you know, uh, went to Liverpool as a youngster. And uh, I don't know if people know, but he, he spent like five years or six years in Liverpool uh, system and was mostly loaned out to Hereford and uh, a bunch of bunch of other smaller teams uh, under Rafa Benitez. So he actually to this week there was a big uh, ESPN article which was sort of citing uh, Leipzig sources that uh, he's you know that uh, he's on the radar of uh, I don't say like Atletico Madrid for Oblak as a replacement and then Courtois for Chelsea. I didn't really understand that rumor because like he just resigned uh, in December, extended his contract and. There were some problems with 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 uh, in, in the summer that they signed the uh, Leipzig signed the Swiss goalkeeper who was supposed to compete and and maybe take the job for from Gulacci and then Gulacci kind of responded by having a career year and he's the I think he's the best rated goalkeeper in Germany by by kicker and uh, it's probably he's probably not the best rated, best actual goalkeeper in Germany but he's been in the top five solidly and he's still you know a pretty low value in terms of transfer value um he's got uh, english representation uh, so so that's that's obviously i think the england connections are there it's just um i'm not really sure like what's in it for him and what's in it for for leipzig to you know to extend him now and i guess other than like you know getting a huge transfer fee but you know uh if if, if like a premier league club wants to spend you know, what what's the jordan pickford money 30 30 million right is that is it? Yeah, I mean, he could be definitely like Golachi for for twenty or even fifteen. I think that's definitely doable. He's, you know, he's he's um he's obviously like fluent in English and stuff like that. He's a um, really um yeah, you know, I've 
known some people who, who've talked with him and, uh, you know, so, and I've heard great things about his personality. Um, so I think he would be, he would be a pretty good addition there to England. Um, other than that, I, I, I really don't, really don't think there's, there's too many other, other players who could be poached. I mean, Upamecano, Dayot Upamecano, who's, uh, you know, he's like basically the next uh, Samuel Umtiti or maybe the first uh, hundred. Like, I think um, I wasn't the one, but somebody made this term that he's the first uh, hundred million uh, pound or hundred million euro defender. Like, I-, I could see that. Yeah, he's. Wow, that's that's quite the. Uh, that's yeah, quite, I mean, he's 19 yeah. and like, yeah, I mean, he's I think he's 19 now or, or maybe just uh, just just. Yeah, he's, he turns 20 in, in like late October and he's been playing for Leipzig for like a year and a half. Uh, and he's an incredible athlete. Like there's basically nobody that can run past him in terms of pure speed. And he's actually like a pretty decent ball playing center back as well. Um, he's really good friends with Usman Dembele. So, uh, the Barcelona connection has been, been pretty hot. And, uh, I, I probably don't see that this year. Um, I think, you know, uh, jumping at 19 is, is a total thing, but, but, uh, I would say like next year or the year after, once he gets a little bit more experience, I mean, because he's he's been kind of up and down this year. He's made some uh, mistakes as well, but uh, he would be one one to watch uh, for, for Leipzig as far as. But I but I wouldn't say like you know, like they're going to ask for an arm and leg from him, so I, I wouldn't say it's like poaching, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And and just to just to stay on Leipzig, and you know, just before I go on, actually, isn't it so unfair how good? Uh, how good France's squad is really oh, yeah. <laughs> um really unfair but yeah just just to stay on Leipzig um so so who kind of goes into these roles that could be vacated by the Forsbergs by the the Naby Caters, obviously who's definitely going and by the Timo Werner's as you mentioned uh Upa Meccano you know you never know with with youngsters I didn't I really didn't think that Osmane Dembele would be leaving last summer but here we are um so so who kind of steps in into the into the squad in, in, in uh, to replace these guys yeah, I mentioned uh, Samuseku from from uh, Salzburg, and they also uh, have uh, Amadou Haidara, who is another really talented uh, kind of uh, central midfielder. Is more attacking minded. He's 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 seems to be the one that's uh, close to moving there. Um, so then, I think their their scouting system is interesting. They they just re- they just uh, sort of fired everybody, and Ralph Rangnick, who tends to go on these tirades, he he went on one of those, uh, and basically that led to the hiring of Paul Mitchell. Who I think uh, English fans will will remember. He's he was at uh, Tottenham, and he was the uh, the guy who uh, discovered Dele Ali. So he's now the head of recruitment at Leipzig. He just came in, uh, I want to say, in, in February. So that would probably lead me to believe that there's going to be more uh, kind of like the Adam Lukman, Oliver Burke type of deals where where they're they're going to be looking at more international talent. I mean, they've all they've already been doing that. I think. Um, Umaro Ebalo, who's uh, I don't say he's like a 16 year old, like he's a is it Benfica? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was like he was heavily linked with them. Um, uh, so, so I, I mean, but uh, like let's put it this way: like I'm, I like the the one team that has recruitment down the best. I mean, even though Rangnick is complaining, is, is Leipzig. I mean, their scouting system, their the way they do it is is, is second to none. And um, I mean, they're gonna find players. I mean, you saw this even in the you know, third division or fourth division. Like, you know, they brought in like Yusuf Polson in the, I think it was like third division or Forsberg in the second division as well. So, I mean, they're going to like their, their scouting department, I thought was, was, was really good. I think where they struggled and where Rangnick is correct in, in his sort of anger is, is that they kind of, 
struggled to add depth to the squad that, that can deal with the, the added burden of Champions League and, and all those kind of things. So, but uh, in terms of you know bringing in some of the guys, I mean, yeah, you're you're gonna have that. Uh, uh, that but but they'll be you know I think they'll they'll be fine and and they'll, they'll find obviously replenish it through through Salzburg or even through England. I mean. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know if, what what, what uh, Phil Foden's prospects look like. I mean, I guess. <laughs> I mean, he's, the, he's... the more interesting one I talk about is uh, Arsenal youngster Reese Nelson, oh, who, who's, yeah, 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 right. who's been having a bit of a, a contract situation. Don't really know. Um, he could have a year or two left in the summer. Um, I'm not sure which one it is, but that there has been talk of him joining. He's, he's good friends with Jaden Sancho. Actually, they're the part of the same kind of age group in, in the England youth uh, setup. So interesting to see if Arsenal can actually keep a hold of him. I mean, he, he's as an Arsenal fan he's, he's actually played quite a lot of minutes for us in the, in the Europa League and, and the Cup so I'd be really surprised if we let him go but uh, potentially one that Leipzig could pry away if they if they give him a good enough offer but enough about Leipzig and, and all these <laughs> youngsters because uh, I think we're, we're running uh, we're, we're being pressed for time slightly and the last question is, is definitely a, a meaty one at that and a very interesting one so so what is Arturo Vidal's situation at Bayern obviously always linked away from, from Bayern Munich especially to Chelsea with with the uh, with the Conte link and, and considering the arrival of Goretzka next season, is he going to be on his way out? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I it was it was interesting because I initially thought that no, because I, I had some sources who reported it who were pretty close to the team, but uh, I think uh, increasingly I think yes is the answer because. Just because his his contract also runs out next year, so um, there's no like use for Bayern to lose lose him or for free. I mean, that's never really been Bayern style. I mean, you know, um, they generally do a pretty good job of of not uh, of getting money for for their players. Although that wasn't the case with Tony Kroos, but uh, with Vidal, they're still you know he's he's still at that age where he's starting to he's starting to decline. He's got you know tons of miles on, on his legs and you know tons of football that he's that he's played, but you know he's, he's turning thirty one uh, in May, so he still I think could get one sort of last big contract for you know three four years, and and, uh, and I and I see that in England for sure, especially with with Goretzka. I mean, what the problem with Bayern is that their midfield is incredibly loaded with you know so the Thiago Tolisso who they just spent a lot of money on, Rudy who hasn't really gotten a chance to play, and then Javi Martinez prefers to play there, so. And then, you know, James has been playing a little bit there as well. So they've got a lot of players and somebody kind of has to leave. And I think uh, Vidal is, is the easiest one because he's the one that they could get money for. Um, I think Thiago doesn't make a lot of sense for him to leave because his, his value is kind of lower now because he's been injured. So so Vidal, um, yeah, Chelsea is, is obvious one, but then you don't know if Conte sticks around. But uh, I think, you know... Um, I probably like any of the big teams in England would be really, really to happy to have him. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if like the Liverpool rumors have been have have uh, not have, not, have not yet. I think, uh, but that could as, be we, as we actually record this today, uh, uh, lots of rumors came out about uh, Manchester United uh-huh. uh, links from Chile, actually. And I mean, they quoted the some. Sa- the, well, they have the uh, same agent, right? There's him and yeah, yeah, yeah. Kalicevic, who represents all the Chilean guys, like him and mm. Sanchez. So I think that's an obvious one. Yeah, I think, uh, and just to piggyback on your point earlier about how many games he's played, the guy has like an insane <laughs> amount of caps for, for Chile, right? And he's pretty much like an ever-present in every, te- every team that he's played in. Like, it, he's one of the guys that gives you 50 games a season if, if you can if if you can get them out of him. And I did mention this on a, on a 
podcast with uh, with Matt actually and uh, about Serie A and how Chelsea they've they've got this midfield where you've got the aging Fabregas, you've got the Danny Drinkwater who's only ever going to be a squad player, you've got Golo Kante as a fixture in the side, and then you've got um, Bakayoko who hasn't really hit it off. Uh, but is still young, so could progress. And then you've got Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who's, who's a massive, massive talent, and I'm sure he's going to be great at Chelsea next season. Could see him do very well at the uh, the World Cup, actually, for England if he goes. I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, he's a favourite of Gareth Southgate. Uh, Southgate, sorry. So I think what you've got there in Chelsea, you've got one ready-made guy in Kante who's going to be there. You've got a Fabregas who isn't going to play every single game, doesn't have the legs. He's been playing professional football since he's 16 or whatever. And uh, so if you get a guy in like Vidal who can give you a season or two, let Bakayoko progress, let Ruben Loftus-Cheek probably play out wide for a season and then come more into the centre. And then you've got uh, Drinkwater who can kind of fill in as a squad player. It kind of makes sense. But again, as you mentioned, it all depends on whether or not Antonio Conte stays. If he stays, I think I'd probably make them favourites for Vidal. If he doesn't, then the United move with Mourinho buying for the here, for the now, you know, that one kind of makes sense as well. And when you talk about Bayern probably not kind of matching the England wages that he'd be getting, you know, it's just not in their DNA to, to splash out and be held at ransom by any one player. I mean, Tony Cruz wanted an insane amount of money and uh, they didn't give it to him. Then he went to Real Madrid, you know, replaced him. Kind of how Bayern works, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean that's that's the one that got away though. But uh, yeah, I yeah, mean they've sure. been they've been pretty pretty smart in sort of like the the New England Patriots kind of way where yeah. they always kind of know when to cut cord and not to overplay for guys. I actually looked up the Vidal uh, minutes numbers in the twenty so the 20, 10, 2010 decade he's played uh, twenty five thousand minutes <laughs> and then, and obviously that's just the last seven eight years. So, Jesus Christ! You know, I so, mean yeah, that is can, an insane <laughs> amount of minutes. And again, as I mentioned, I don't know how many caps he has for Chile. I mean, um, I. Think think it's like 100 plus which is again for someone who's 31 like that's still a lot I mean David Beckham always in the England squad uh, at that kind of age as well so quite similar but um, just on Vidal and uh, just kind of linking him to Goretzka and kind of rolling this question all in one how key will he be to Bayern if uh, of course Otoro Vidal leaves Uh, he'll be important I don't think like he's going to be like the most important player because I kind of see his role similar to like what Tolisso has been, where they're going to bring him along slowly. And, you know, he's probably going to not have to adjust, obviously, because he's German and, you know, knows the league a lot better. But Goretzka is a tricky player because, you know, as great as he's been, like he's pretty injury prone. I mean, like people think like he's had this great season and, and that's true to some extent, but he's also like, you know, been in and out of the lineup. And now, you know, Schalke fans tend to hate him because, you know, he's, he's leave, leaving for free. So, there's going to be some of that, but uh, yeah, he's going to be a great fit, obviously, because he's a you know really exciting attacking player. Um, the other thing that I would probably question a little bit with him is that you know he's good. I just said he's going to be a great fit, where like you know he's still I think his his greatest asset is, is counterattacking, and and you know Bayern are you know not going to do that a lot. I mean they're going to play a lot of build up, whereas you know it's against set defenses. So it will be interesting to see that. Like I think I think. Um, Maybe that's part of the game, part of his game that will develop in the future. And, you know, maybe, you know, you could also make, ask the question whether that's because of the way Schalke plays. So maybe he's got those qualities, but, you know, it seems like he struggled uh, for Germany uh, the other day against Brazil, where he had to kind of play as a, you know, sort of a right wide um, midfielder. Just just Um, to, sorry to cut you off, mm -hmm. just to actually like hammer home uh, this kind of angle, uh, the World Cup angle. Um, 
next to Cruz, I don't know if that position is actually like kind of nailed on. Uh, probably most likely to be uh, Ikai Gundogan, right? But could you know? Could he also challenge for that spot? Uh, I don't see it right now. I mean, I, I think like he doesn't have sort of the 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 cachet, I guess, that with Yogi Love, and he's still, you know, I think even after this game, like he was saying that like a lot of the young players um, need more more sort of experience, and and I think he he mentioned Sané and Goretzka in 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 those uh, in those in those uh, in that sort of group, and I think Kadira is is is, is uh, you know a lot of people don't like him, but he's 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 probably him and Gundogan, I think, are one of those two are, are much more likely to to play and. I don't think Goretzka is going to take any of the, you know, the the three sort of uh, attacking. So three spots, I would say, like would be Sané or Draxler, and then Özil is, is is for sure, and then um, Thomas Müller. So I, I I don't I don't think he's like um, unless like some one of those guys gets hurt. Like I don't see him starting. So um, yeah, he'll be important to to Bayern, but I don't think next season necessarily. Like down the line, I would say like in two years, maybe he'll be be much more important. Well, a uh, very comprehensive overview there of, uh, of you know, first of all, Arturo Vidal's situation and then Leon Goretzka and, and how influential he could be for not only Bayern Munich, but for Germany as well this uh, this summer and the next season. But uh, I think we're going to have to wrap it up there, Abel. And uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, man. You've, you've actually been really, really good. And it was uh, it was really awesome that I could get in touch with you and, and get your insights on the show. So thank you very much for coming on. And why don't you tell uh, the listeners where they can kind of find out a bit more about you? Sure, yeah. So uh, Twitter is where I do a lot of the social media. So you can find me there at uh, BundesPL. Um, and then um, there's a lot of places where I write. I guess Bundesliga Fanatic is is the one where I do editing and some writing. Um, that's probably that's probably the easiest one in terms of the writing. And then recently, if you're sort of more uh, looking for the Bundesliga Premier League connection, I've started writing for Football Whispers. I've got um, maybe like six or seven articles, and I've got a few more in the in the pipeline. Uh, I guess one on Divo Carigi, I guess, is, is, is the one that's coming in. And uh, Peter Gulacci, I just, we just talked a lot about him. So that's one. And then podcasting is, is the last last plug that I want to give is Talking Fußball, um, which is your source for all things German football, where uh, I, I'm on there weekly with, uh, with Matt Herman. Uh, so uh, thanks, thanks for coming. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. It's been, uh, <laughs> it's been fun, although, uh, you know, getting, getting, getting a little tired now. And, uh, but I appreciate <laughs> yeah, it nonetheless. Yeah. Um, um, I enjoy uh, I enjoyed your uh, podcast uh, before uh, the one with Matt and other ones before, and uh, I'll be definitely checking out the football index and maybe I'll uh, even invest. I guess. Oh, thank you very much for coming on, man, and thank you for your for your kind words. And uh, yeah, for, for all the listeners out there, thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with us all the way till the end, if you have until this point. Um, yeah, do leave a review if you guys are enjoying the podcast because it does help rank uh, the football index name and this podcast up in the charts. It's kind of teetering on on top 50 in the uk after uh-huh. i release it every sunday and if you guys haven't already subscribed do so and if you guys are looking to kind of own your trading skills a bit more uh have a look at my youtube channel as well that's uh, starting to progress a little bit more nicely and you know spread the word about the beginner's guide video i think that's had a, a an incredible you know reaction to which has been brilliant for myself but also brilliant for, for new traders who are trying to get to grips with with the platform so thanks everyone for uh listening and thanks for your continued support so why don't you uh, sign off finally Abel yeah thanks thanks for uh, having me on and uh, you know hopefully uh, you guys uh, got a little bit of insight into the Bundesliga and uh, obviously uh, 
wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't be a proper Bundesliga analyst if I didn't encourage more people to watch the Bundesliga. I mean, it's a, it's a really uh, exciting league and you've got lots of international and not just uh, English talent. So go ahead and go ahead and watch some of that. I think we've got uh, Bayern Dortmund over the weekend. So that's a, that's a decent, that's a decent taste. Uh, and thanks for, thanks for having me on. And uh, obviously, uh, you know, uh, wish you best of luck with football index. Um, I think it's a cool idea. So thank you. Thanks, man. And uh, yeah, uh, big tasty fixture, Bayern and Dortmund. But uh, yeah, thanks everyone for listening.